welcome to day seven of Podmas for the Autism Mommy podcast. This is your girl, Steffi Kiss. If you don't know by now, Podmas is where I will be releasing a new daily episode for the first 25 days of December leading up until Christmas where you can find episodes giving you sneak peeks of topics that you can expect to hear on the upcoming Autism Mommy podcast. And today we are going to be talking co-parenting. If you've listened to my previous Podmas episodes, you know how I feel about building your tribe. And if you haven't listened to those episodes, girl, what are you doing? Because they are lit. You should definitely go check them out now. No, but seriously, having a positive co-parenting relationship is so important. Is it easy? Fuck no. But it's one of the most important things you will do as a parent. Ethan's dad and I broke up when he was about three years old. So I feel like I've had all the types of ups and downs in the nine years trying to figure it out. We've been through different relationships. We've been through the arguing. We've dealt with child support, with moving across state lines. I feel like I've been through so much with this man when it comes to our co-parenting relationship. It's easy to let problems from the previous romantic relationship get in the way of moving forward. I know now that our co-parenting only suffered when we were being immature and not putting Ethan's needs first. But with time, that did correct itself on both ends. We've definitely matured. We've definitely, you know, have some sort of rhythm and flow moving and We just realized that honestly, there is no room to be selfish when a child, especially a child like Ethan, a child with special needs is involved. He needs both of his parents. He needs both of his parents to work together in unison. And we weren't doing that for quite some time, but I feel like now we've gotten to a space where we're able to do that for him. Now, I'm no expert and I'm still learning with every single conversation or encounter but I wanted to give you guys some tips that I've learned along the way. First and foremost, and this might be the hardest one. This is the one I struggled with and still kind of struggle with to this day. And that is stop being a petty Betty and be nice. It's so easy, so simple to be nasty as our first response especially to the other parent, when you feel as though everything falls on your shoulder as the primary caretaker. As long as your partner, and yes, I'm gonna call the other parent a partner, because even if you are not together, this person is your partner in raising this kid. And if and when you or he gets into another relationship, guess what? We're bringing more partners, more associates onto this team. Because like I mentioned before, we are building a tribe. It takes a village to raise a child. And we all have to work together. There's no way that any any partnership, any, any company, any village, any tribe can be successful if we're not working together. But I digress. I went on a little tangent. Let's get back to talking about being nice. Now, don't get it twisted. When I say be nice, I don't mean let him get away with not pulling his weight 
or just being walked all over. I mean, speak cordially and even maybe professionally. In the beginning, when I stopped being Petty LaBelle, I would start talking to him very professionally. And while that was kind of weird and odd after being with this man for almost 10 years, it was something I had to do to remind myself that I do not have to be nasty to him every single time we speak. Don't let issues outside of your parenting partnership ruin the communication. If you have some sort of issue regarding your child, don't you don't have to be nasty right out the gate. I would communicate in a way that let's say you would talk to a coworker, a supervisor, a manager, someone where, you know, you want to get your point across and you want to let them know that you know what that wasn't cool and that's not right and you did this wrong, but in a way where it's not disrespectful. My second tip is also another hard one and one that him and I both had to really learn and that's communicate, 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 communicate. It does not matter what type of relationship you have. Any relationship needs communication and I'm talking friendships, partnerships, um, relationships, working ships. <laughs> Mother, father, daughter, sonships, family ships. I don't know. Any type of time, any any relationship that you have with another person, it does not need to be romantic. You need to be able to communicate. And being a co-parent, you have to communicate even fucking more. Even fucking more. Because guess what? You are stuck with this person for the rest of your life. It's not just the 18 years like how people say. And it shouldn't be. I am so against the notion that you basically stop needing to like communicate with the parent once the the child turns 18 years old. That's not... And while, yes, I guess they're like, well, the kid is now an adult and you can just talk to the adult, blah, 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 blah. That's not a reality for me. Once Ethan turns 18 years old, like, that doesn't mean he's going to be able to be an adult. You know, like, me and his dad are stuck together for life. And I don't want to say unfortunately, but kind of, unfortunately. So we had to learn to communicate. And even if you are dealing with the most non-communicative person there is, you can always control how you communicate. Take the initiative Make the plans, tell them what's going on, ask them the questions you need answers, and lead by example. If they have a constant changing schedule, for example, and this is something I dealt with for years. His father works for the MTA. And for anybody who doesn't know, that is the transit system in New York City. And literally, his schedule changed all the time. And that was frustrating to me because I had a nine to five Monday through Friday job. My schedule was completely consistent. I always had weekends off, certain holidays every year. That's just what it was. I I had a very structured job. His job wasn't like that. So for a lot of the times we had to work around his schedule. And in the beginning, you know, I was petty Betty and that would cause a rift After some time, I had to realize that, you know what, I have to take initiative 
and I have to, you know, make a plan. We all know I'm the planner. Even in this co-parenting relationship, I am the planner. So I would come up with the schedules based on what his days were off. I would ask him. I would remember, okay, it changes every six months. Hey, it's coming around the time where your schedule is going to be changing. What is it changing to? And because I led by that example, I feel like now he's much more communicative with me and I don't really have to ask these questions of him anymore because he just comes out and gives me the information that I need. And that's something, like I said, that I had to learn. I had to remember that fair doesn't always mean equal. And at the end of the day, what is important is the well-being of your child and not your pride. Number three, and this is the last one, is come up with a plan or a schedule or both. <laughs> Whether it's visitation, child support, child care, you need a baseline of what is expected from both parents. Now, I know life does not always go to plan, but if there is a baseline, a starting place, you will be able to work from there as long as the communication stays intact. Things happen and remember, you can only be responsible for your own actions and how you participate in this partnership. Stay strong, communicate, and remember, bitch, you doing a good job, bitch, you doing a good job, bitch, you doing a good job, bitch, you doing a good job.